You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me, as always, is Pastor Mark Berkshire with uh, Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio Powell, Pennsylvania. And also, as usual, we have already been talking for 30 minutes or so. Yeah. <laughs> Good content that hopefully will make it into future podcasts, but this podcast uh, we're kind of following up on the last two that we did. One, the first one dealing with church hurt, and the last one where Bree came on and shared her experience dealing with church hurt. And we're kind of talking about um, ways to stop that. And the best way is for the church to actually live out the godly principles uh, that God has called us to live out. So we're talking about how to be a godly influence to those around us, because there's a lot of people calling themselves Christians who are not filled with the Holy Spirit of God, uh, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Uh, but there are a lot of people that are, but we seem to be the silent majority instead of the vocal majority saying, you know, here's the way we should be living our lives for Christ. Um, and we got into a conversation uh, about discipleship. So I'm going to put Mark on the spot and, and say, um, so you were just saying, here's what this, you know, it means to be a disciple. Well, actually, before we get into that, because the reason you were saying that is because you had just preached on it. So before we get into that, uh, as is our um, custom, what are you preaching on this Sunday? And then we'll jump back into discipleship. I am preaching on a subject I'm going through the book of Second Peter, and we're in second second part of chapter one of of um, Second Peter. So I'm preaching on just a reminder. That's the title of the sermon. Uh, we all need to be reminded. We all put up sticky notes. We all reminders in our phones of different things. Peter wanted to remind the saints and us. Um, of the qualities, and it kind of goes right along with what we're talking about today, the qualities of a Christian life. All right. Well, I am, uh, we're still, our, all summer long, we're going to be in this series um, where I asked our congregation and asked people online, what should the church be talking <laughs> more about? What are the conversations that we should be having um, and should be sharing and equipping our people for? And I got a lot of good responses. We already did one on uh, we should be talking more about the negative way that some Christians talk to other people. Uh, we did one on prayer and this Sunday we're doing, why isn't the church talking more about the division in the church? Because I mean, and here's the whole basis of the sermon. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and said, you know, out of all the issues he had to address with them. And there were a lot spirituality, uh, spiritual maturity, carnality, sexuality. He started with, there should be no divisions among you. That's like in the first, I think it's chapter one, verse 10. There should be no divisions among you. So yet we are the most divided group of people on the planet. Uh, we divide over race. We divide over denominations. We divide over politics. 
one pastor said, if we were all the same race and all the same political uh, affiliation and all the same denomination, we would probably divide over hair color and nose length because we would just look for something to divide over. So um, that's what we're talking about, which this topic will kind of help feed into that. So discipleship. Uh, and you were sharing, well, here's what discipleship is and what it's supposed to look like. Right. And and I think we get the, as I said, you know, off, off air, we get the wrong idea of what a disciple is. Because we think of being a disciple as the 12 people who followed Jesus and, and he taught him and, and they were the first 12 disciples. Absolutely true. But they were apostles. God calls us all to be disciples. He said that in Matthew, what is it, 28, where he gave the command, go into all the world and preach the gospel, making what? Disciples. So what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who adheres to the teaching of another. He follows uh, another or learns from another one. And it refers to someone who takes up the ways of that person and applies them to their own life. So as a believer in Jesus, and we put Jesus into that, that definition, a disciple is anyone who follows the words of Christ and makes them applicable in their life. So here's my question, and I think this is where we're going to spend a lot of time, because I hear this all the time from pastors. Uh, even when I put online, you know, what should the church be talking about? There were some pastors who responded, making disciples. And here's here's my whole problem with the whole making disciples thing. Um a disciple is exactly what you said. We just don't go about the way Jesus made disciples. He didn't make disciples while having them show up to the synagogue on Saturday and then never talk to them again. He made disciples because they spent time with him and he was showing them. He modeled for them daily and regularly. Here's how you live this out. Here's how you respond to these situations. And then after the situations, you would see throughout the Gospels, Jesus pulled them aside and explained, here's why I did what I did. Here's the way that this works. Here's why you couldn't do this. And he gave them more insight. That's how Jesus did it. He spent time with them, not just one hour on Sunday a month, not just on Wednesday night for Bible study, but every day saying, here's how you live this out. We think, oh, we're going to make disciples. If we just have them come to a class, a 12-week class on Tuesdays at 7 p.m., and we'll provide snacks, and then, boom, they'll go off and be a disciple. So we're never going to make disciples if we don't use the process that Jesus used to make disciples, which is to spend time with a small group of people and equipping them to actually live it out. Uh, so I, 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 it's never going to work if we're not doing it right. I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And and that's why I'm very careful about this whole idea of making disciples. I was very careful about how I presented the sermon I did this past week because we get we get this idea 
and, and pastors especially, I think, this idea, we want to make disciples that look like us instead of disciples that look like Jesus. Okay, I'm going to let you finish. And <laughs> jump because, and, and that's the problem. That's the problem. We shouldn't make disciples that look like us. And that's why, and we were talking about this before, and there's a perfect place to bring it up. That's why we see the denominations that are crashing and burning because they weren't making disciples that look like Jesus. They were trying to make the disciples that look like Lutherans, United Methodists, Southern Baptists, and so on and so on and so on. They weren't trying to build God's kingdom. They were trying to build their denominations. So their process of making disciples is you have to do all these things that our denomination says you have to do rather than live out all these things the way that Jesus said you have to live them out. And now these denominations are crashing and not to put them on the brink, but this is why, you know, when you look at these big mega churches and the mega pastors and these big, huge denominations that have all these criteria, they come from like Hillsong fell, Southern Baptist is falling, United Methodists are splitting. You know, the ones we haven't named have already had their splits, Episcopalians, uh, Presbyterian, you name it. That's why there are 20 different types of Baptists, types of United Methodists, types of Presbyterians, because they keep splitting and they mm -hmm. split because they say, well, we want to do this this way because this is the way we human mans want to do it. And instead of saying, well, here's the way that God said to do it. Let's just stick with that regardless of what we want. And let's just focus on that and let that be the example that we give to the world. Right. And, and we forget the fact that there's only one God there's only one word, and there's only really one baptism, and, yeah, and we, we forget that. I don't know if we forget it versus a lot of people just ignore it because it conflicts with what they want to build, their human, you know, uh, thing that they want to build. But Or our pride is in the way of all of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely our pride. All of this yeah. stuff. Um, it amazes me, and this goes along with the, the church hurt stuff. It amazes me how mean we can be one another when our our view of discipleship is different than someone else's view of discipleship. Yeah, I think that meanness comes from because we built it, then we take it personal and then we get angry and we get vindictive and we get attack oriented because it's not that they're saying, hey, this thing that Jesus built is wrong. They're saying this thing that you built uh, is wrong. And then, of course, we take that personally, whereas if they said that this thing that Jesus built is wrong, um, I still get hurt when people you know come after my lord and savior but not as defensive because it's not a personal attack against me plus i can show them in scripture hey i don't care whether you like it or not thus saith the lord so that's what we're doing whether you agree with it or not or whether you like it or not exactly and and that's that's the whole thing um and, and that's why i tell people all the time when i'm preaching when i'm talking to them 
Look it up for yourself. It's right in the word of God. Yes, we can twist the word to make it do whatever we want it to do in our own mind. But when it comes down to it, it's all going to be what God said it was going to be. Yeah, and I think, again, you know, blaming the pulpit, um, because it has to start with the word of God. It has to start with a proper understanding of here's what God says. Uh, here's what God says, what it means to be a disciple. Here's what God said when he said, go build my church. And we're not hating on denominations. There's nothing wrong with saying, well, we like to worship God with this style of music, or we like to use, you know, this particular aspect uh, in our ceremonial worship or whatever. But when you become so focused on that, and I'm not hating on United Methodists because they're hurting right now, because a lot of them, friends and family members, they're separating and, and grieving, but they're also still clinging to United Methodism. I don't know if that's the right way to say that. Instead of, you know, it's all about Jesus. And that's not to say their division and all that. I'm not hating on them. It's just I hear so many of them saying that we as United Methodists will still stand strong as opposed to we as Christ followers and Christians need to stand strong. They're still clinging to the denominationalism as it's fracturing and falling apart. And again, not hating on United Methodists. I have a lot of pastoral friends who are United Methodists, a lot of people who are friends who are United Methodists. But if that's what you're clinging to, you're clinging to a man-made thing, and you're, I'm not saying they're putting it on a pedestal, but if you're clinging to that and that's your focus, um, I feel like it's the wrong focus. Anything that takes our eyes off of Jesus is the wrong focus, period. I mean, there's just no getting around that. And, and like you said, it's it's not just one denomination. It's all denominations. It's even non-denominational churches. Uh, when we take our eyes off of who Christ is and what Christ has done for us, then we, we get into trouble um, trying to figure out what to do being being godly being being a disciple of christ is very intentional it's not something that is done by accident it's not something that's done um haphazardly it is something that has to be done intentionally that's why jesus said take up my cross daily and follow me didn't say take up my cross once and be done with it. He said take it up daily and follow me. So if we do it daily and we're intentional about doing it, um, and we're in his word intentionally every day and praying every day, then this God thing is going to get easier in one aspect of it. That means Satan's going to be fighting us even more on the other on the other aspect of it. So, staying in the Word, praying. Uh, what are some other things that people can do to ensure that they're being a godly influence to those folks in their circle of influence, their folks uh, in their community, in their workplace? Um, 
even in their families, because a lot of people, we have family members, and I know many other people do have family members that are not Christ followers, but yet they interact with them on a regular basis. So staying in the word, praying, what are some other things, practical steps that they can do to uh, ensure that they are being a godly influence to others? Take the pressure off yourself. It's not about you, as Rick Warren once said in his book. It's a God thing. God didn't come to clean us up on the outside. He came to transform us from the inside out. So if we are trying to do all of the right things, go to church, read our Bibles, pray, pay our tithes, uh, give offering, help the poor, do all of which are all great things and things we need to do. If we don't have the transforming blood of Jesus on the inside, all of the outside is just going to be cleaned up and the inside is going to be dead. Godly living has nothing to do with what we do. Godly living has nothing to do with how we serve God. Godly living has to do with how I act when the lights are turned off, when no one's seeing, no one's looking. Am I the same person to God then as I am to the world outside? It's character. Yeah, so character, which brings us to, um, well, first of all, so obviously staying in the word, praying, uh, not focusing on doing all the steps, all the tasks, make sure I go to church, all that stuff. I have those conversations with people regularly where I get people who will text me or message me and say, we're not going to be in church on Sunday. I'm like, that's fine. That's okay. Uh, I'm, I, I love it when you're here um, and it you grow, hopefully, when you're here. Uh, but if you're missing because you're going to spend time with your family or you're going on vacation or whatever, that's fine. Go do that. It's not something you need to check off. But I want to encourage people to come uh, and to be a part. But don't feel like I've got to do it to check this box because then you're doing it for the wrong reason. It becomes this task. It becomes uh, like trying to live up by the law rather than living by the Holy Spirit, which brings us to uh, the the fruit of the Spirit. Because if we're trying to live out these things, that's an excellent example of, of things to live out uh, that are going to help you understand the inside you know, how God's working on the inside of you. Um, and shameless plug, because we talk about that uh, in our book, 21 Days of Spiritual Renewal, where we talk about that because a lot of people don't understand that, that, you know, like you said, if we're just, oh, we, we show up at church, we show up at the volunteer thing, but we're not really dealing with the sin and the hurt and the pain and the lack of God on the inside, None, none of it matters. So in our book, Faith Responders Presents 21 Days of Spiritual Renewal, that's one of the things we talk about, understanding uh, those the, what's called the fruit of the Spirit and how we can live that out and apply that to our lives. Yeah, and, and that, is, that, that is something we do need to do. Um, but again, we need to really, we really need to understand that we can't do it. It's not ours to do. Being a disciple 
is easy. We can follow anyone. Being a real disciple, a committed disciple, is something totally different. We cannot do that on our own. We have to have Jesus in our lives to do that. Um, and, and I think that's where a lot of churches, a lot of uh, people, pastors get mixed up because we try to do, as we said earlier, um, it might have been off air, that we do that when we, we do the um, 12 week discipleship class or whatever. We're trying to disciple them to be like us and not like Jesus. And we need to make sure that when we, we have to have that personal relationship or we're not going to be a disciple of Christ. We're just going to be a disciple. Do you mean a personal relationship with the person or the person having a personal relationship with Jesus? A personal relationship with Jesus. Um, I, I mean, I don't care if you come to a discipleship class and don't know the person that's teaching the discipleship class. If they're teaching the truth and teaching about Jesus, you don't need to know that person. You need to know Jesus. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I just think that if, if we're modeling Christian discipleship, um, then that means spending more time than just in a class. Uh, one of the things that made the disciple, even though they didn't get it, well, I think you hit the key on it because even though they spent time with Jesus, they still didn't get it until they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So you can take all the classes you want, read all the books you want, until you're filled with the whole, like you know, like you said, until you have that relationship with Jesus, it's not going to bear any fruit in your life because um, you won't be able to live it out. Uh, so that I think that's key. Um, more important than can I take this class or how long you spend in the classes? Do you have that relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you a Holy Spirit filled believer? Yeah. And I kind of look at it as, you know, when you buy bananas, okay, it's kind of a weird illustration. When you buy bananas, you look for the greenest bananas and let them ripen while they sit on your table so they can be good to eat when you're ready. Too many people buy the real yellow bananas first. They get rotten before they're able to eat them. We go into we go into discipleship with the idea of I'm going to get these rotten bananas and I'm going to let them sit and then they're just going to be thrown away. Okay. I mean, I I, I don't know if that's a good illustration, but that's what I'm uh, came to my mind. No, yeah, yeah, that works. So, um. Normally, I don't know that we have pastors that listen to us, yeah, listen to our, our podcast. But uh, what would you say to the pastors that are like, Hey, I'm trying to disciple people in my congregation? Uh, what would be your advice? Here's your spiel to them so they can properly disciple, disciple people. My, my spiel to them is the same spiel I would give 
to the member coming up from the congregation to me. Be yourself. Be real. Be authentic. And show Jesus living in you. Don't just show Jesus living in the good side of you when you're at church on Sunday mornings and everybody's looking at you and, and you know, you got the fake smile on and you're doing everything right. Don't just be Jesus then. Show them Jesus in you at all times, even in the bad times. And this, this is why I think, and again, just my opinion, um, although scripturally, this is how it worked. It's not just about what happens in a 12-week class or eight-week class or whatever. Uh, because Jesus discipled them because he spent time with them in the morning uh, and they would see him go out to prayer. He spent time with them in the evening. He spent time with them in the afternoon. He spent time with them regularly. And in that day, that's how people were discipled. They didn't just go to a class. They would, hey, I'm gonna, I'm no longer gonna work. This is gonna be my full-time job. I'm gonna spend time discipling with Mark. So I'm gonna go live in Mark's house and I'm gonna see Mark in the morning. I'm gonna see Mark when he's grumpy. I'm gonna see Mark when he's at his best. I'm gonna see Mark when he's preaching. I'm gonna see Mark when you know the sanctuary is full of people overcrowding. I'm gonna see Mark when there's just two people there. And I, and I'm going to try now that I've experienced that, go and as I step out. I'm going to try that. Well, what did, how did Mark deal with this situation? That's what I'm going to try to do. How did he deal with that? And that's what the disciples yeah. did. And they couldn't do it until they were filled with the spirit of God, but they also needed not just the spirit to live it out. They needed the knowledge to know this is what I'm trying to live out. Cause I got to see Jesus when he was hungry. I got to see Jesus when he was fed. I got to see Jesus when people were hating on him. And I got to see Jesus where people were loving on him. So my advice to that pastor would be, Hey, Take the people out of the classroom and spend some time. I'm not saying you have to have them live in your house, but spend some time with them. Go go to lunches yeah. with them, go afternoons with them during the week, as well as on Sunday. Spend some time, invite them to pray with you before the service, invite them to pray with you after. Spend some time with them and make it a regular habit. Jesus spent three years equipping them. His goal wasn't, I'm going to try to make disciples of, you know, everyone that's following me, because some of them people didn't. Some of the things they saw Jesus do, they were like, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready for that. And they no longer followed him. And he even said to the apostles, what about you? Will you guys, you know, fall away as well? It's like, nope, we're in it for the long haul. So take a small group of people, spend time with them, let them see you, as Mark said, at your best, at your worst, at your regular, at your daily, and then encourage them to go out and do like yeah. the same. And and I also understand <laughs> the disciples at that period when you were saying, "Are you going to fall away?" and they said, "No, we're here for the long run." Didn't mean they didn't have doubts. Didn't mean that they didn't have frustrations and, and times of wonder. Um, because remember, at the crucifixion, they all scattered because they thought they were going to be next. Yeah, and at his ascension, after they had seen the resurrected Jesus, it wasn't just Thomas then, because it said some doubted. Still, yeah. they still had doubts. I've seen this. I've watched him die. I went to the funeral. I ate the potato salad. We had the wake. Came back. 
later, I've seen him. They ate with the resurrected Jesus. They learned from the resurrected Jesus. And when he gave them commands and they watched it, they still doubted. So yeah. you're still going to have doubts. You, you are. And, and, and that is the human carnal side of man. Um, and, and that's something that doesn't mean you're less of a disciple. Because you have doubt once in a while. No, I think that I, I agree with you 100%. And because the, the goal isn't that you don't have doubts. The goal is that even when you have doubts, are you still willing to step out and live your life like Christ and for Christ? I have doubts, exactly. but I'm going to push forward because then that's what you've, you've been properly discipled when even in the midst of doubts, you can still respond in a God-honoring way that points back, giving God the glory and points back to Jesus. Exactly, exactly. Uh, God doesn't care what we do or how we do it. He's not looking for that or what we did in our past. He's not looking at that. God cares about who we are inside. God cares about how we are showing him every else, everybody else around us. And in order to do that, I need to know who he is. Yeah. Um, his grace is free to us, but it comes at a cost, even though it is free. So we need to be graceful. Being a good disciple and, and following God is means that we show grace in our relationships with other people. We're kind, we're compassionate, we care. It, it, it means that we learn from the difficulties that we go through and we don't blame God for whatever comes our way. Being a good disciple or being a godly person means that, that we, we look at others through God's eyes, not through our own eyes. Yeah. That we're yeah. like we said, that we're trying to, not get them to be a disciple of Floyd, right? Disciple of God and respond right. in a godly way. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and it's it's not that hard to do if you have that basis, that base to build on, that foundation to build on of Jesus Christ, because hmm. He is the cornerstone. And if if we're missing that cornerstone, the building's going to crumble. Yeah, as Jesus said, every house not built, you know, uh, and I'm forgetting the exact verbiage, but yeah, uh, built on uh, one built on sand, one built on a foundation of Jesus Christ. So, yeah, absolutely. And again, critical. I would also say to that pastor, if you're trying to get them to model, here's what our denomination teaches. That's not discipleship. You can have a denominational class. Here's what our denomination teaches. Here's what our congregation believes. 
here's a you know statement of faith that's fine but that's not discipleship right. discipleship is not getting them to be like you or your denomination or your congregation it's getting them to be like christ that's that's the focus yeah and and i think another big key that i would tell pastors be humble be humble yeah which is hard for a lot of us as pastors um yeah to, to be humble. Yeah, we, we just need to be humble. Um, we need to get rid of selfishness and put on the selflessness that Christ did. Um, and we need to say, like John said, I need more of him and less of me. Yeah. So as pastors, we should always be wanting to be discipled by Christ more than anyone else which means we should be spending more time with him more time in his word more time in prayer Amen. so that we can respond like him um yeah yeah all right yeah. any final uh comments or thoughts before we pray no i i think i've said this enough but it's not about what we do for god that is important is who we become that matters to God. Okay. So it's not important what we do. It's important who we become. And we are to become more like Christ. Yeah. We're to be transformed into the transformed into the image of likeness of the Son. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So why don't you pray for us and pray for uh all the pastors that are working on trying to figure out and disciple people then want to make disciples um, out there uh, in their congregations. Okay. Father, once again, it's a privilege to be able to sit and have conversations about you and about your word, about your son, about your Holy Spirit. We, we thank you for giving us the example of a true disciple, a true godly, how to be truly godly in your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you that you didn't just give us the example, but you sent your spirit to live with inside of us so that we are never alone. We have that, that living spirit in us that directs us and guides us and, and leads us. And we thank you for that. I, I ask, Lord, that if there's any pastors here that are listening to this podcast today or any, any church members that hears this and, and says, you know, I'm not doing my job, that they would see that in order to be a true and real disciple of Jesus Christ, it first has to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and without that, there can't be a, a true disciple. So I just pray that they would they would focus more on on you and less on ourselves, and, and understand that we are flawed. You are not. Mm. So we just ask that you would just uh, help us to be better disciples to everyone around us. And as we walk through life, 
let us show the fruits of your spirit in those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay.